flat out. I had to buy the CD so I could actually hear what the Word said. And now that I've listened to the words, whoo, glory to God. Through baptism, he says, into Christ we experience the true circumcision, which is cutting away of the sins of the flesh. You no longer are, are, have, are chained and are bound by sin. You've been baptized. It's washed away. You've risen to walk in a new life. Glory to God. Let the chains go free. One of the activities we did this week on Tuesday is we got wrist bracelets like you get at a, at a hospital. And on the inside of the bracelet that would be next to your wrist, they wrote the sins that they were still enslaved by. They gave them one for each arm so those that had a whole bunch would be able to write a bunch. And so we walked around the rest of the day with these gray looking hospital things on our wrists. Everybody had them. And they were annoying because you'd try to eat and you'd catch it on a plate or you'd try to go to the bathroom and, well, enough of that. Okay. But you, they were annoying. And, and to make it even worse, we get into the evening service and they said, all right, leaders, stand up and tie their wrists together with the other one you got. So now everybody has to put their wrists together and tape them together. And then I had to have one of them do mine. And then we sat down and we went through the song service and we had to raise our hands like this, you know, because we were stacked together. The most interesting part of that night is that my Bible was laying on the floor beside my seat. I was at an aisle seat and I wanted to get my Bible. And usually I just reach over and grab it and pull it up, right? Well, no more because this guy went with it. And when you're big like me, you can't do that. <laughs> And a friend of mine was sitting three rows back. He came running up and he said, man, what a great story. He said, because of the shackles of your sin, you can't reach the Word. And, I, and then I quickly said, I know, but you can give it to me. And he bent down and got it and handed it to me. And then at the end of the service, they said, okay, the blood of Jesus has set you free. Break those chains. And the sound of that, it's just paper. But the sound of that paper went all over that auditorium. Oh, folks. Today, today, break free. Break free. Because the blood of Jesus will help you break free. Do not let the world tell you what you can and can't do. You follow the marching orders of Jesus right here. Break free. His blood has cleansed you from every sin. And today there are many who still try to bind that old law upon Christians. They want you to observe Sabbaths. They want you to observe certain eating, uh, eating regimens. They want you to abstain. They want you to be a whole separate thing. It's all about you. You're the one that finds your way to heaven. You're the one that has the power. You've got nothing without Jesus. You got nothing without Jesus. I need more of an amen than I'm getting. You got nothing without Jesus. Amen. Now we're talking. Now you're starting to wake up. Here I go now. You get me fired up, we'll be here till 5 o'clock today. Hallelujah. And we'll go over there and eat at the Lord's. Praise God. Oh, mercy. <laughs> but those that are in Christ, 
According to Romans 7, we have died to the law in Jewish ceremonialism. According to Galatians 5, 1, we've been set free. We're no longer to be entangled by the yoke of bondage. In Galatians 5, 2 through 4, we are justified by our observance of God. And don't be caught up in just watching and doing and practicing and ceremonially going through stuff. Get excited about God. Get real about God. And let Him do something in you. Now verses, beware, beware, beware believer. When people try to impose things on you that aren't in, in the Word and are of the old law. Of the old law. Beware and remember. In Jesus Christ, you are complete. You need nothing else. Verses 18 and 19. Now I'm going to step on some toes, so hang in there with me till the end. Don't let anyone disqualify you by making you humiliate yourself and worship angels. Some people enter into visions which fill them with foolish pride because of their human way of thinking. They do not hold tightly to Christ in the head. It is from Him that all the parts of the body are cared for and held together. So it grows in the way God wants it to grow. Why would people worship angels? Perhaps it's because they felt that they needed somebody to intercede for them. I'm going to tell you something. They don't take the place of Jesus who is our intercessor. The scripture we read this morning in Hebrews 4 says that we have a high priest who intercedes for us. And we can come boldly to his throne. Because <laughs> he's doing it for us. Romans 8, 26 says the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. You can't pray it. So you just throw it out there and the Holy Spirit said he'll take care of it. Amen. Amen. But when you worship other things other than Jesus Christ, you're literally saying to Jesus, don't think you can handle this one. I need some extra help. <laughs> you need nothing but the cross. That is all you need. And people sometimes get off center. And Paul was dealing with this in this church where angels were being worshipped. Angels have a ministry. But in Revelation 22, the angels tell John, get up, don't worship us. We're just like you. We have to worship the risen Lord. Amen? So when we, it's a false sense of humility when we put our focus on something other in Jesus Christ. Angels, it doesn't matter what it is, don't put that hope in something other than Christ. And some other religions today have done that. The Catholics put a huge amount upon Mary. Mary's statement to the, at the wedding feast of Cana shows how she felt about Jesus. When they came to her and they said, hey, get your son to turn this water to wine. We're out of wine. And what did, what did she say? She said, it's not, it's not mine to tell him what to do. <laughs> it's not me to tell him what to do. She focused back on Jesus and who he was and his authority. Don't place it any other place. Don't let what we call humility cause us to use something else to try to intercede for us. 
And that's what Paul's warning them about. He said, you should hold fast to the head, Jesus Christ. And then lastly, they were, they were struggling with asceticism. Let's pick it up at verse 20. Since you died with Christ and were made free from the ruling spirits of the world, why do you act as if you still belong to this world by following rules like these? Don't handle this. Don't handle that. Don't even touch that thing. These rules refer to earthly things that are gone as soon as they are used. They're only human religion. They make people pretend not to be proud and make them punish their bodies, but they do not really control the evil desires of the sinful self. It's so much like the guy that was smoking marijuana are called grass in some vernaculars. And the guy came to him and he said, Man, why are you doing that? He said, Brother, it's because God said it's okay. He said, He did? He said, He did. He said, In the Bible there, in the first part of that Bible, it says, And God said He made grass and said it was good. I believe there's a loose interpretation going on there, don't you? Because we can all find a way to justify what we're doing. We didn't even find a verse to hang on it and justify the sin that we're getting involved in. But is God convinced? Ah. Ah, you had to bring the God card in, didn't you? Yeah. But see, some people teach and believe that asceticism, that is that abstaining from certain things for a, a long period of time, is somehow going to bring you to some spiritual whatever. Fasting is good in some situations. But you shouldn't fast just because. You shouldn't fast assuming that in the middle of that 14-day fast, I'm all of a sudden going to have some spiritual encounter. You should fast. Maybe one meal. Have it for a specific time period. This day to this day. This hour to this hour. And in that time period, when you feel hungry, pray. That's what it's for. And you should have a focused time of prayer. You should have Scripture to read. You see what I'm saying? I'm putting the whole focus back on Jesus, aren't I? And that's the whole point. It's not about, oh, if we're going to have this cleansing. Oh, all of a sudden I'm going to be this. Ooh. You're not going to be anything. Because you've got nothing now. If you don't have the cross of Christ, you've got nothing. Well, yeah, but I became a Christian preacher a long time ago. Well, what's wrong with you then? How many of you read the horoscope every day? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> read the horoscope. Well, I just like to see what they say. They say the same thing. It just rotates. Yeah, well, he was right on target with me right today. <gasps> oh. <laughs> How many of you go to the palm reader? Go to the, you know, come read my palm. I had one, I had a guy, just out of curiosity, I want somebody to read it just so I could say I had it done. He read and he says, oh, you're not going to make it. And I said, oh, that's encouraging. He said, because your lifeline splits. Your lifeline goes just so far and splits, you're done. I said, really? How long? He goes, well, I can't really tell. <laughs> yeah, and you're a charlatan. Get out. I'm still here 54 years later. May not left, I, may not go, I, may, I may go out tomorrow, but I'm going to go out hanging and clinging to the cross of Christ, not because this guy said I wasn't going to make it. They told me that at 20. I figured I've outlived whatever they had, to, they had to predict. Asceticism. Paul points it out in verse 23. 
We need to have transformation come through the renewing of our mind according to Romans 12. We need to set our minds on the things of the Spirit according to Romans 8.5. According to Romans 8.13, uh, they are the ones that, who are by the Spirit. These Christians are by the Spirit who will be able to put to death the deeds of the body. In Galatians 5, he talks about the fruit of the Spirit and it includes self-control. So you do not need to do this stuff just because. You need to do it with a targeted focus. A targeted focus. You need to be praying for salvation of a certain person. You need to be praying for the growth of the church numerically and spiritually. You need to be praying for your own personal growth. You need to find a family member. I'm praying now for my mother that she will find a way to find some healing into that old body of hers that's just racked up with pain at 85 years old. I'm praying. She's had two seizures. We don't know what damage it's done, if any. But one of the most beautiful parts of this story is my cousin. My cousin and her daughter who go almost every day and take care of my mother. Because they live right there. And my cousin's family, mother, dad, brother, are all dead. And she's going to take care of my mother. She turned down a job out of town because she needed to be close enough to help with my mother. Her aunt. Wow. And then her daughter, who really didn't have any connection to any of us. Oh, my goodness. That's God's stuff, isn't it? That's God's stuff. That's the kind of body I want to be a part of. That's the, that's the kind of sacrifice I want to make. And I want to let God have it. And so Christians, beware. Believers, beware of false claims that asceticism will do something that it won't do. And as we live the Christian life and we attempt to mature spiritually, beware of any doctrine or teaching of man that suggests that we need more than Jesus Christ. Remember, according to John 14 and verse 6, that He is the way, not a way. And remember, according to our text today and last week, that we are complete in Him. Phyllis is going to come back to the keyboard. Go ahead and start playing. I want to share a verse of Scripture with you. Because the real question of the hour is, are you in Him and is He in you? This week at CIY, our four teenagers... They made some decisions. I know they did. could tell it. You don't look at a person at the end of a service with tears running down their face and go, hmm, somebody stepped on them, I guess. Tears running down their face. They made some decisions. Some, some made that known, what decisions they had made. And what I want you to do is keep praying for them. Pray for them, for all of our young people, but especially these four because God really got hold of them. He really did. He got inside here and got hold of them. Galatians chapter 3. In verse, verses 26 and 27 it says this. You were all baptized into Christ. And so you were all clothed with Christ. And this means that you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. 
I don't know what you were taught. I don't know how you were taught about this thing on baptism. But let me assure you one thing. That it's a pretty critical part of the process that you go through to be saved. And I'd love the opportunity to sit down with the Word of God. And I'll take your Bible. I don't want you to use mine because you'll think I set it up. But I'll take your Bible and I'd like to lead you through the teaching about what this means. So we're going to have an invitation just now. Every Sunday we'll have an invitation. If there's a Sunday that comes that I forget to have an invitation, would you remind me that we can't leave here without an invitation? And the invitation is to come. Jesus says if you're weak, if you're heavy laden, come. Jesus said, if you can't make it another step, come. Jesus said, if you're struggling, if you just, you're just not sure what's going to happen in the future, come. I don't know what's going on in your life. All of you. Some of you keep it pretty tight to the vest. You don't want us to know. And you know what? That's okay, too. Because in my week of praying for all of you, and I pray for all of you every week, in my week of praying for all of you, God knows. But there's just something powerful about us saying to each other, Brother, I need some help. <laughs> Brother, I need some prayer. So if you have a need today, pass me not, O gentle Savior. Pass me not as we stand and sing together. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. sing that same verse and chorus one more time and if you need to make a decision or have one that you want to share with somebody won't you come up and do that okay pass me not O gentle Savior sing the chorus one more time. I just believe there's somebody here that's got a decision to make that they want you to know about they want God to know about. I just believe in my heart. Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. Thou on others thou art
this week at uh, CIY, she said, uh, she said, Harold, I, I need to, I need to do something. I said, really? Inside I'm going, yes. For me to be at CIY with her and with Paige, you got to understand something. <clears throat> they were two years old when I came to be their pastor. And now they're graduating from high school. That's, that's huge. That's so huge, I can't tell you how huge it is. And for me to watch them this week, it's just been, oh. And so she said, uh, I, I, I need to make a decision. And I said, okay, I'll stand with you, whatever you want to decide. And she told me, and I said, now I want you to stand up and tell your church and your family what you're going to do. Folks, this takes a lot of guts to be standing right here. But I'm going to put my arm around her like her dad has his, and we're just going to hold her up while she kind of talks to you a minute, okay? So go ahead and tell us, sister. Um, I've been baptized before. I don't know how long ago, like four or five years ago at least. And um, through those four or five years, I mean, it's been like a roller coaster. And I know I've strayed from God, like, far from Him. And I just thought that I could do it on my own, I think. And I just forgot about Him because things have been hard. And, and I don't know, it's just... I just realized that I can't do it on my own. And that I do need God. And it's just, I just want to just rededicate my life and try to live as best as I can for Him and try to bring people to God. And I just, I'm going to try my very hardest. And I hope. She said, she said, Harold, can I be rebaptized? I said, sure. Sure you can. Sure you can. And then I said, but do you really mean it? And right now, at this moment, she does. And Satan will not leave her alone. We've got to get her under. Uh, we got to undergird her, don't we? I want you to pray for her. Pray for her. They had gave us these little cards and came in the door and we weren't supposed <laughs> to open them until you know they told us and they you were supposed to open them like with your group, your family, just whatever. And if you were to open the card, you had to follow through with what it said. And they had people come up on stage and open them up to their parents for day. And some of them were like sponsored kid in Africa or whatever. And then another one was like gather 500 jackets for the homeless and needy or whatever and, you know, figure out what to do with it and do all that. And they said, if you're going to open this card, you need to make a commitment, you know, to do it or else otherwise don't open it. And so I decided to open mine and I opened mine <laughs> with our youth group and I was really worried. Like, I thought, I don't have any money. 
you know, I don't, I can't, I don't know. And I just got, got really scared, but I thought, I, I can do this. Like, I know my family will help me, friends, and I can do it. And so I opened mine, and it was like a relief because I was expecting something big, and I was thinking the whole service, like, you know, I could do this, you know, like, whatever it was. Like, I'm thinking all these big things, and I opened it, and it said, Team of Ocean Rights Baptist. I'll read it to you. <laughs> I quote in the back of my school cover, so I can see it every day, and it says, for, That's every Wednesday for an entire year, and then it says, Talk to youth leader and get help doing it. So, to my relief, it was something like small, but I, the more I thought about it, it's, it's not small because, like, I'm not ready to do something big, I don't think yet. I need to start off small and get myself in order, like, like help myself before I can start helping the community and stuff. So I think that fasting, like, every Wednesday or whatever, is just going to help me. And so I just need everyone's prayers, like, at lunchtime and at dinner time because I have to eat in the morning for my sport. But I'm going to fast at lunch and dinner on a Wednesday, every Wednesday. And just left it in my phone because I have my phone all the time so I can see it. So I just need everyone's prayers that I just stay strong and that I can do this. And here's what I suggested is that we as a youth group that we're there, that we're going to join her on Wednesday. And I just said, take one meal. I don't want you to take all the day. Just one meal. And at that meal, fast, don't eat it. And during that time you would normally spend eating, pray. Pray and seek God. And I'm going to send verses out to these guys by text message. If you want to be a part of that, just let me know. And I'll send it to you too. And every Wednesday we're going to have prayer. I'm going to send things for them to pray about. I'm going to send scriptures for them to read so that they can stay focused on God. Because you, you, there's no reason to fast if you're not going to stay focused on God. If you do it just to say, well, I did what CIY told me to do. How empty is that? But what might happen in your life and in her life, I'm excited about. Now, others had those cards, and I said, hey, you guys going to open yours? And they all said, we're not ready yet. That's okay, isn't it? You bet it's okay. Because what we're praying is, is that as the days go along, they might open that card. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I just ask you to be with Miranda. God, she's made some incredible choices in the last few years that have caused her to drift. And that's okay. The good news is, is you were standing on the porch waiting for her to turn back. And when she did, you came running down the road to find her. And you found her. So, God, she's going to need an extra measure of courage. Uh, like she told me, she says, well, I just need to go back and prove to people that this is real in me. Is that not huge, God? I need you to pour your spirit on her. Father, I want you to lift her. I want you to fill her. I want you to touch her in a way that, oh, my goodness. And, God, it's going to be hard because there's friends I know already who are starting to try to pull her away. Would you bind them at every step? And would she find the strength through you to make her commitment happen? And Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. She's going to go back, and I'm going to go back, and we're going to get ready for this. Don, if you'll come, read some scripture. Sandra, if you want to go help her, or whoever's going to help her, that'd be great. <laughs>